Hoffman. Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? At More To Be, we believe this is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More To Be and your host of the More To Be podcast. And I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So today we are kicking off season two of the More To Be podcast, and I am super excited about the topics we have lined up. We'll be having guests on the podcast like we've done previously. Interviews are lined up with uh, authors and speakers and everyday women living out their everyday lives. And we are also going to continue with our much-loved format of studying scripture passages in each episode And I'm super excited that my friend and more to be co-laborer, Kaylee Kelch, is joining me on today's episode, as well as many that we have lined up uh, to dig into the scriptures. So Kaylee, will you take a minute and say hello and introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and to be helping out with the podcast this season. Um, Like Lisa said, my name is Kaylee, and I am a wife and mom of two teenagers, Um, my daughter is just turned 16 and my son's 13. Um, and in addition to taking care of my family, I am also an assistant chaplain at a boarding high school, a Christian boarding high school. So I find myself spending much time in God's word and leading other people, having the privilege of leading teenagers to get to know him better. So I love that. And for those of you who don't know my backstory, I I had spent 18 years living at a boarding school. And so Kaylee and I have a lot of fun talking about boarding school life. And she'll she'll reach out to me and say, what'd you do in this situation? And it's super fun to be able to look back on that season of my life and then realize, hey, I could use it to to help Kaylee out. And we happen to have daughters with the same name. So that's also interesting. And our husbands have similar passions. And so it's kind of fun to live our lives in different states. But uh, have so many similarities. No, so. it's crazy how God like weaves stories together and brings us into contact with people that you just wouldn't ever dream, you know, getting to know. Like you said, I mean, you're up in Pennsylvania, I'm in Georgia, and off we go, though. I know. Get connected over the internet and yeah. become friends. So. Yeah. And, you know, for those who are like, well, how do you stay in touch? Um, we use Voxer. Uh, maybe yeah. you guys have heard me say about this on the podcast before. I talk about it all the time. It's this app called V-O-X-E-R. I probably should see if they would spell, sponsor the podcast for us. But they, I know, right? Because I talk about it all the time. It yeah. is a walkie-talkie voice recording app, and it makes communicating back and forth just really easy because you can do it on your time frame but you're not limited to that text message and you get to hear the person's voice. So you and I have had like hours of boxing back and forth compared to the number of actual phone conversations we've been able to have. Right. Yeah. So, uh, as we were, you and I were getting ready to figure out what are we going to record for season two? And I should say this, uh, folks may be wondering like, what happened to Angela? Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Angela, Right. Because Angela ended season one with us and Angela, bless her heart. I love her to pieces. She got such clarity and vision for her ministry going forward and her writing that to continue to invest in what we were doing more to be and balance the life that she has as a mom and a homeschooling mom and supporting her husband in ministry and doing her uh, where God was 
calling her with her ministry was a little bit mm-hmm. just too much. And so I appreciated Angela's um, willingness to admit where she couldn't invest going forward. And so uh, that is, she's not continuing on in the podcast with us. And Kaylee, you're really taking her place. And God, that's an answer to prayer yeah. that God God knew I wouldn't have launched the podcast without mm-hmm. Angela because she was so integral to that start and the confidence that I needed to be able to do it. And then uh, in my, okay, Lord, I will continue right. to do this. Please provide somebody else. God provided you. So He's good like that. Uh, yeah, he is really good. He is really good. And so today's uh, focus really was a, also a kind of a God appointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had been going through planning the season out and you, I had suggested to you, Kaylee, to look at our raw scripture study verses for what we do in the More to Be Tribe and see if you could come up with some topics for our teaching episodes. And you came up with topics that completely hit me right where I would have mm-hmm. gone if I could have pulled it out, which was super neat. And then as I sat down to look at, okay, how do we want to put this all together for season two, um, Proverbs, Proverbs 31 jumped off the page right. at me because that's been in my scripture reading. That has been a chapter I've read just last week and it fell afresh on me. And so it was interesting how the themes of the topics that we're going to cover this season about being women who walk in faith and not fear and really tackling that issue of fear. Uh, we're going to do that um, towards October, November. Um, and then also being able to be women who yield our mm-hmm. desires to the Lord and women who live to the fullness of what God has had for us, has for us. All of those themes we can see manifest in the Proverbs 31 woman. And so it feels like this is just a great place to start the season off with. Uh, do, I want you to go ahead and kind of share like, what are your thoughts about the Proverbs 31 woman? Like, I know there's a lot right. of stigma. So when, when I say Proverbs 31, like what goes through your mind? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a piece of it for me that I, I enjoy looking at it. I mean, I know that a lot of women struggle and, and worry about it from the sense of like, ah, oh, I can't even live up to that. Uh, for me, there's a level of excitement of like, look at all she does and, and that God equips her to do. And it isn't this mm-hmm. sedentary life of, oh, let me just sit around the house or let me, um, you know, I don't have a place or I don't have a purpose. And especially back in Bible times, you know, that she was active and mm-hmm. she was selling and buying and being busy in these, in these areas. You know, for a woman, I don't know, there's a piece of me that it excites me to think about all that God has in store for me and what he calls me to do, and that there's an adventure behind following him and becoming the woman that he wants me to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I know sometimes, you know, the word Proverbs I want, it it makes people go, "Ah, I can't live up to it. And I've heard it, I've heard it taught that it describes a woman Mm -hmm. over her lifetime, not, not a woman, what she has to do on a daily basis. But in my studies of the Proverbs 31 passage, I, I'm not sure I see it that way. And so I'll be curious to see how how it jumps off the page to us as we walk through this scripture passage. And 
And one thing I really want to say right from the beginning is that, you know, the subtitle in the New Living Translations as a wife of noble character and, you know, verse 10, which we're going to get into, talks about a virtuous and capable wife. And so the one thing I want to say is that this this episode and this season is not just for wives. Um, And so I don't want our young women who are listening, our single women, our widows, our divorced women to hear this and be like, ah, this doesn't apply to me. Um, because I think that the character mm-hmm. and nature of who she is is something for us all as women to kind of come before the Lord and say, how right. do you want to accomplish this in me right. as as your daughter uh, who lives to display your glory? And what areas do you need to work on me? <laughs> Give God permission to do his sanctifying work in us um, to prepare yeah. us if we're single, to prepare us for marriage. If um, if we're in in between a relationship, if we're not sure what our relationships look like going forward, uh, essentially, what does it look like to prepare for that? But even if those relationships never exist, there is enough in her character and her um, mm-hmm. how she uses her hands, her heart, her arms, her time, her resources that set such a beautiful, beautiful picture for us that is entirely countercultural and maybe even be a little bit evangelically, Mm -hmm. evangelical countercultural. Like uh, it it breaks the mold if we're willing to just look at what the scriptures have to say. And and that's what I hope we can accomplish. Good. Okay. So you had, um, you did a little research and you learned a little bit about Proverbs 31, which I would love for you to share before we actually read the scripture passage. Sure. So Proverbs 31 is actually a poem, um, and it takes an acrostic approach. So if you're familiar with poetry and acrostic, um, you know, you, you look at something and it's it's one letter, and then, you, you know, that sentence starts with that letter, so A, and then you go on to B and C, and you go through. So in the Hebrew alphabet, Actually, each of these verses is part of the acrostic then. And Mm. so I find that fascinating that they just set up the poem in that regard. And as I was looking through the Bible commentary, one point that the author brought out is that this poem ends, begins and ends with the mention of this woman's excellence. So looking, going through the Hebrew alphabet, it kind of bookmarks that from beginning to end, there is this pattern of excellence and living to the fullest and um, living out who she is in Christ. So, mm, I think that's great. And I think it's great to know, know it from a literature perspective, but also the purpose of the literature, mm-hmm. right? It's to, it's to um, emphasize what has already been communicated in all of Proverbs. And exactly. maybe that's why it stuck out to me so much this time, because in my scripture reading, I got to Proverbs 31 because I was reading Proverbs over the last two, two, about yeah. two months. And so the same themes were being emphasized by the time I got to these scripture passages. And there are themes that I think I struggle with and uh, I, my daughters mm-hmm. struggle with. You know, to be women who don't live in fear, to be women who um, are kind and are right. wise, uh, to be women who are strength. I mean, the, the last episode you and I recorded together was on finding mm-hmm. new strength and finding soul strength. So, so where does that come from? 
Uh, and so I'm just excited. And I think probably the best way for us to go through this passage, because it is so long, is 31 verses, is I would love for us to just kind of read it in sections and, and talk about that section before we go on to the next session section. What do you think yeah. about that? Yeah, I think that would work well. Okay. So um, picking up at verse 10, it says, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So let's just go with that right there. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I think there's so much beauty in the fact that she brings something to him, to somebody else. And again, like you kind of mentioned, this isn't just for married women, Mm -hmm. because that was the culture back then is that, I mean, to talk about a woman, you know, that was her place was to be married. But looking at this from the standpoint of us as women, regardless of what position we hold or what relationship, the fact of the matter is, is that we can bring um, enrichment to the people around us. Mm, and that's a and we, beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, it's a matter of that, that we have the, the people that we come in contact with, I take that, that we have their good in mind, that we want to see them um, live to the fullest. And so we help them with that by yeah. our presence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's great. And some of the things that jump out to me, I find when I read this passage, I see the adjectives and the verbs mm-hmm. and not just this passage, but the whole, the whole chapter. So I mm-hmm. see virtuous, capable, trustworthy, um, bringing yes. good, not harm. And, and so right there, I really can't get beyond verse 12 without being reflective before God and saying, am I living with virtue? Am I, Am I living with the belief that I'm actually capable? Yes. Like how many of us struggle with feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Mm. I'm not bright enough. I'm not skilled enough. And and yet capable is the description of the wife of noble character. And what I love is that there's not like any disclaimer before this passage. It doesn't say, uh, you know, this is only possible if you get this education or have this job or marry yeah, this correct. person or live in this demographic, uh, that, that there's no disclaimer. So we can't look at this and say, well, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why isn't it? I mean, why can't it be that we are women of virtue and women who walk with our head held in, in not, not in arrogance or pride, but with a uh, capable, confidence (laughs) well in recognizing Um, like when it says that she's more precious than rubies like living into like you said not out of arrogance but living into the fact that we are so loved and we are so valuable in the eyes mm -hmm. of our heavenly father that Mm -hmm. that pours out of us and enriches the people around us that that we're bringing other people good because we know whose we are yeah yeah, it's an identity yeah. passage, um, very much so, and it's a hard it's a hard one. I mean, it's a hard one to live mm-hmm. into. I mean, daily we're given that challenge: Are we trustworthy? Right. Are we are we stewarding the resources we've been given? Are we living with integrity? Are we um, being honest about mm-hmm. our own 
junk in our proverbial trunk? Are we managing our finances well? Like that description of trustworthy manifests in so many different ways. And it's not, it's not cultural. Like I think of how many times I've been in a situation where I'm with somebody and they're buying something that's a little bit expensive and they're like, don't tell my husband, you know, like, I'm like, Hmm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that would be declared trustworthy. Right. Right? And so a a trustworthy woman doesn't keep secrets and doesn't hide. And I do think, um, well, and I've shared this before on the podcast, we had a counselor uh, once say to us that a family is only as healthy as the secrets they keep. Interesting. And yeah, and, mm-hmm. and that has sat with me for years. And I, I am an authentic mm-hmm. person by nature. I mean, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And so it, I, I'll air it all. Like we will right. sit down and have that conversation and everybody mm-hmm. will air their stuff. Um, and so part of it is I I grew up in an environment in which we had to be quiet about the sin that was yeah. happening in our home and, you know, specifically told, don't you tell anyone. And I, to me, that's not a place of integrity. It's not a place of, of authenticity. It's not a place of, of emotional safety. So we can come out of like our wounded lives, our, our challenges with vows of, I'm not going to do that or be that. But we have to ask ourselves the question, is that is that vow actually consistent with the word of God? And in the case of being trustworthy, I think I think it is to say, we're not keeping secrets here. Everything's out on the table. Um, okay, so the other part, um, the latter part of verse 12, all the days of her life, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. I, that makes me think of the passage um, in the New Testament where uh, it says that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion yeah. on the day of Christ Jesus. And I always say that the work that God has done in is doing in us and has accomplished in us isn't done right. until we see him face to face. And so there should be hope in that, that we're in progress and that this isn't oh, uh, just a call for the moment. This is a lifetime of pursuing this end of being virtuous and capable and trustworthy and understanding our preciousness and enriching the lives of those around us and choosing to bring good, not harm. And what does it look like? Goodness. If like we were women that band together and said verses 10 through 12 will describe today's Christian woman from now until eternity, how much influence would that have over our world? Oh, so much. I mean, we can't even tell how much, you know, how much impact that would make on our families and our coworkers and every aspect, our churches, every aspect of life, how Mm -hmm. much that would touch on. And like you said, I mean, just the trustworthy and the virtuous portion alone, you know, that, that we would speak words of, uh, truth to one another and honesty and upholding the principles of godly living. Yeah. Yeah. It would, it would change, it would change our mm-hmm. culture and it, it, it would require, I think in order to get there, it requires us to be honest about our sin. Yes. I mean, the reason, the reason we fail in these ways is not because we're not capable. It's because we're living by our flesh rather than by our spirit. We're believing lies from the pit of hell rather than the truth of scripture. And so 
it it takes us as a body locking arms together to say, uh, you know what, we are going to be women who are defined as virtuous, capable, trustworthy, who bring good and not harm. Yeah. That's our mission. Um, okay, so next section here. You want to read verses 13 through 15. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. I do not get up before dawn to prepare breakfast. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but the one meal I do not prepare. My family does, you know, they take care of themselves. But I mean, aside from that, um, looking at the principle of it, it goes back to that she's, she takes care of things. She takes care of her family. She prepares, you know, planning the day's work for her servant girls. She's thinking ahead. She's just not, she's not living life on the fly and being like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. She's being diligent and she's mm-hmm. taking the time to do what she needs to do, such as finding the wool and flax um, and then spinning it. And looking for food, you know, she's taking mm-hmm. care of daily necessities, I guess I, I find when I'm looking at this portion of scripture. So. Yeah. You know, and I think this is where we get a little hung up because as soon as we see, you know, wool flax and spinning it, we're like, ah, this is outdated. It's irrelevant. Right. <laughs> Nobody is doing that these days unless it's a hobby. But that principle behind it, though, like we were just talking about, you know, the principle is that she's um, back then, you yes. know, that was their clothing. That was their their form of income too, maybe. Um, and as far as like going to find food, she didn't have Kroger's or Walmart down the street. Um, so she had yeah. to, to plan for that. And I think that's, again, the principle then, how are we planning to take care of our families and their needs and meeting those needs? Or, or even, I mean, just the people around us. Again, if we're talking about a young woman or somebody who's single, how are you going about your day to take care of, Uh, what you need to do and the people around you. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, again, I look at the action word. So she finds she she's, Mm -hmm. I I highlighted busily spins. I don't know, maybe, maybe spinning. (laughs) Um, She, you know, a ship, uh, a merchant ship carried the goods that needed to be Mm -hmm. used by the place that it was delivering it to. Uh, So maybe that looks like a minivan, Um, (laughs) you know, bringing food from uh, afar, so that finding, busy, bringing, and then I just loved the prepare and plan. Like yep. I felt like vindicated uh, as a woman because <laughs> that um, I am like, I'm like a plan B girl and I try to live in a plan A world and it is a challenge for me. Sure. And, and part of it is how I grew up. So my my mom, oh, good grief. She's just awesome for planning. I mean, mm-hmm. there was always the emergency kit in the trunk of the car with okay. like toilet paper and clothes in case you got into an accident. Like, <laughs> my mom is the prepared woman. And I learned that from her, and it was a value to me. And what happened when Steve and I got married, he basically teased me about it. But, uh, and we st- he still teases me about it. I mean, I, for years, drove around with toilet paper in the car with me because when I traveled overseas in France, you had to pay for your toilet paper. And so I was like, I will never be without toilet paper again. I mean, it's silly, but that was one, one side effect of an experience. Mm -hmm. And, 
And then there was always, um, we always had what, what my husband calls the pharmacy. We, we have like, we don't need CVS. We've got the mm-hmm. linen closet in the hallway with everything stocked for it. Right. But the number, so, so his teasing over the years made me back off from my preparedness. Mm-hmm. And then I would be in a situation where one of the kids would wake up in the middle of the night sick and I didn't have you know, NyQuil or cough medicine or whatever it was to help them get back to sleep. And so like, see? I think, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm like, see, there's a reason for this. And, and now I'm going to be 45 in the fall. And I feel like it is actually, yeah, I'll probably be 45, two weeks from when this airs, if all goes according to plan. And I am like coming into a season of life. Like this is me. Uh, maybe, maybe I've been influenced by uh, the greatest showman's lyrics, but like, this is, this is who Mm -hmm. I am. I am who God made me to be. And as a woman, there is inherent in our nature, uh, and it's going to look different in each person, uh, a need to be the one that prepares and plans. Like if we, if we, especially if we bear children, adopt children or care for other human beings, that that puts us in a place of responsibility that requires some planning and preparing. And I find it interesting because my kids will say, so what's the plan? And in the last couple of years, I'm like, I want to live spontaneously. Stop asking me about the plan. Like I've been planning my whole life. And now I I read this last week and I thought, that's why. Like they are accustomed to me from the time that they were little setting the schedule for them. And they still are looking to me to give them mm-hmm. structure to their day. And doing so well, is actually I find, difficult. Like, I mean, they want structure. Not, I'm, I'm like you. I'm a planner mm-hmm. and want to be prepared and have things set up. But I was just thinking back when you were talking about this. Um, I was able to go as a chaperone on the senior class trip um, in May, last May. And, you know, the kids would constantly, though, like, well, what are we doing next? Or what are we doing tomorrow? Or where are we going? Or what's the plan? You know, they wanted to know yeah. when's the next meal. I mean, that's a classic. But um, they wanted to know what was coming up. Yeah. And and I think most of us, yeah. I mean, even as women, you know, where we ask God, like, well, what's next? What, what do you have planned? We want to know the plan. Yes. Um, but you're right. There is this piece of that. That's how God's wired us is to prepare and to have things kind of lined up. Um, and obviously we have to be, yeah. obviously he's made each of us a little bit differently and we have to be flexible too. And to keep, there's that balance of that surrender to his plans that we don't always know what's coming up. And yet, yeah, day-to-day operations, oftentimes there's yeah. this level of we're taking care of stuff now, you know, like, being able to plan what we can plan yeah. and then leaving the rest up to him. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think the challenge, the condemnation comes in when it says something so specific, right. like she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast. Well, context wise, back when this was written to get up to prepare breakfast meant actually probably going out and getting wood and starting a fire and getting that fire going and then putting whatever needs to cook on the fire and you can't adjust it. So if you were actually going to feed your family before they left for their day's duties, you were actually going to have to get up early 
to do that. So and true. I think of camping, uh, which we have done. And, it, and if we're, if we're doing a camping breakfast and want to be at the amusement park at 10 AM, I yeah. have to start that breakfast planning way earlier than if we just say, Hey, we're just pouring bowls of cereal this morning. Mm-hmm. And we have that convenience now to pour that bowl of cereal. Um, I also think that in our in our culture of working women, uh, where it's a necessity, an economic necessity, yeah. um, where you're also getting out the door <laughs> at the same time, um, that's a that's a different challenge altogether. Uh, and so you might not get up before dawn, but you might be just saying, "Hey guys, grab this." And so it may look more like the right. preparing happens the night before, or the Sunday before where you are setting into motion, this is how we're going to take care of our bodies. This is how we're going to take Mm -hmm. care of our, our daily responsibilities. Um, And and it's going to look different. I also think it's going to look different based on personalities. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of coming to understand the way God made us and whether you want to do the Enneagram or the disc or strength finders or, you know, the Highlands assessment that I offer, uh, all of them provide information that we can benefit from. And, and so if we fall more on the kind of the sanguine, the Enneagram seven, the I'm just kind of out there doing whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it spontaneous, this command or instruction right. to prepare and plan is going to be harder than the type one firstborn, uh, grew up in a structured home, uh, maybe even a military family where right. things happen at, you know, oh, oh, 0600 hours and that's the way it rolls. And so I think there has to be grace and a lot of self-reflection of how am I made and what have my experiences shaped me and where are my weaknesses playing in so that mm-hmm. I can draw from the help of those who know how to do this. Like, who can I tap into um, right. you know, my, <laughs> I'm blessed. My firstborn loves a plan. I drive her nuts. Uh, she, is, <laughs> she, she makes me look like the most spontaneous person in the whole right. world. Um, and <laughs> which is funny because same family upbringing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and so she's the one that plans our meals because she loves it. She loves to plan the meals. She loves to cook. And so does that mean I have failed if I'm not Fixing meals? No, it means I am caring for my household by using the support services of another human being. <laughs> exactly, but you're still so. putting in place the idea of being prepared and having a plan. Because if you think about it, I mean, God is not a chaotic God, and He's mm-hmm. not created a chaotic world. Mm-hmm. Um, there was definitely a plan in place when He went through creation, and I feel like there is then a level, like you said, you know, it's going to look different, but on the whole, looking at the whole idea of being prepared and having a plan, I think that's where we can rest on and say, this is important. You know, yeah. this is something that we need to look at how we do this in our life. Like you said, it might not be you then, you know, you have Leah who's able to help out in that aspect, the daughter, but, yeah. um, you know, then how do we employ or, um, put that into practice in our own house? Kaylee, that is such a great point and one that I'm looking forward to unpacking further with you tomorrow because we are at the end of our time and we've only covered half of Proverbs 31. 
So we're glad that you were all able to join us today for the More to Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us. If you'd like to show your support for the ministry of More to Be and our podcast, we'd love for you to become a More to Be tribe member. You'll get access to a library of life application studies, worksheets, audio recordings, video teachings, with exclusive resources added each month. To learn more, visit moretobe.com slash podcast for a special link just for you as our listener. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.